December 22nd, Revelation chapter 12, verse 18, through chapter 13, verse 18. Then he, the dragon, stood waiting on the shore of the sea. And now in my vision I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns, with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had bear's feet and a lion's mouth. And the dragon gave him his own power and throne and great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. All the world marveled at this miracle and followed the beast in awe. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they worshipped the beast. Is there any one as great as the beast? they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do what he wanted for forty-two months, and he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and all who live in heaven who are his temple. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to overcome them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life, which belongs to the Lamb who was killed before the world was made. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. The people who are destined for prison will be arrested and taken away. Those who are destined for death will be killed. But do not be dismayed, for here is your opportunity to have endurance and faith. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns, like those of a lamb, and he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and those who belong to this world to worship the first beast, whose death wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, such as making fire flash down to earth from heaven while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people of the world to make a great statue of the first beast, who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed to understand this. Let the one who has understanding solve the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Hello. 
and welcome to Transformation Radio. Today, I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Happy uh, for you to listen in, and hopefully you're encouraged today. So welcome. Again, welcome to Transformation Radio. Today, we are in part two of our conversation about Veritas West and the community on the West Side. So I hope you enjoy and are encouraged by what we have to say today. Um, I met Austin at Veritas. Um, he was one of the mercy leaders, which mercy just means um, Austin's passionate about um, the city and, and the needs of the city. And a lot of those are people that are hurting and people that are marginalized and so on and so forth. And I met Austin at Veritas Short North. And I think, I can't remember, I think Nick might have introduced me to you, who was the lead pastor at Veritas at the time. And um, we started to develop a relationship, a friendship, and that, you know, ultimately um, evolved into, you know, asking Austin to join the refuge staff um, in Columbus a couple years later. Um, Austin, what's been like your memories, your experiences of just going from being passionate advocate of the South side, which you still are, you still live there, but to like really focusing on the West side and even just seeing um, Veritas West exist, moving from the, from Grove city to the hilltop, um, all the stuff that went, went on at the building we currently are in just like, what are, what are some of your memories? What are some of your thoughts? And just um, as you, as you think about, think about the church there and, and, and how it's, how it's worked out with the refuge men. Um, I think something that, um, constantly pops into my head when it comes to, um, Veritas West and, uh, and my role there is the, the long, the longevity of, of place of actual physical place and where we're located in a neighborhood. Uh, so the building that we're in, I had one of my first like mercy conversations with a pastor. Um, back when it was Hilltop Lutheran Church. Um, so asking, like, talking through the crazy idea of moving from rural Ohio into inner city Columbus to serve a neighborhood like the Hilltop um, with a pastor, actually in the in the room that Phil's sitting in right now. And he, the pastor was, like, real supportive. And he's like, that that's crazy. That's what, that's a crazy idea. And now, fast forwarding, I think it was, it had to have been 15 years ago now my work out of this building um loving the hilltop and knowing the hilltop um and wanting our guys the refuge men and women to be a part of the positive change here centered in the church centered out of specifically the local church at veritas west is really exciting and it's cool to see how god puts things um like works he works in he works in like he brought this thing in full circle for me um where the hilltop was one of the neighborhoods that my heart was breaking for. I didn't know it was the hilltop when I first came here and then falling in love with the, the, the hard living neighborhoods of Columbus. And so like living in one and now working in another, it's really, really, uh, it's really cool to be um, passionate about the thing you get to do day in and day out. It's with, it's, it's because it's who it's with. I get to do really cool things. Um, was really great people. Man, that's great. I love it. I love it. You know, I've got so many memories of just 
You know, I don't want to say that that we do that that we as Veritas West that we do things better than other churches or that we're better than other churches. Never have hoped to give off that vibe. Um, we have been intentional, just though, in our approach of, I think, you know, every 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 team or community like emphasizes certain things, and by definition, when you emphasize something, you're not going to emphasize something else. And we've always emphasized. Uh, try like relationships and um we use the word community a lot which just means like the emphasis of of relationships that people would would grow in relationship with one another and um you know we don't we don't put a lot of emphasis on on like the production of our music or how polished we sound or come off um which as a musician if I was selfish, like that would matter way more to me. But I think I've really bought into this, this relational idea that like with the limited resources and time that we have, we want to probably, you know, we want to emphasize relationships and um, COVID has made that super hard. (laughs) What we care about uh, COVID's really made it hard. And, um, and I think like, I don't know, I just, for the sake of time, I wish I could reflect more on the past, but I think the big, some of the big ideas or memories that come up from the past is just lots of tears shed, lots of changes, lots of work and pain over the last seven years. But what it's resulted in is like, what I hope is an anchor in a, in a, in a, in a neighborhood that has such rich history and has such beauty, but is struggling. And I hope that Veritas West can be an anchor in the, in this neighborhood for for years to come. What that means, though, is like not <laughs> it's not sexy. Um, it, no. it, it, you know, I think for the for the refuge guys listening to this, and if anybody else listens to this, like we didn't start this church thinking it was going to be like this flashy cool thing you know um we planted it knowing it was going to be hard and and i'll be honest with you like i was naive i i was like young and and zealous and naive and i remember listening to my counselors rich and jim rich plass and jim cofield last week and they just talked about how they they spend almost all their time counseling on pastors because young people are the only ones that are going to be basically dumb enough to church plant because old guys won't do it because they're too smart. (laughs) (laughs) And that was me. Um, That was me. I I definitely overextended myself many times and did not handle myself well many times. And, um, and, and, and yeah, and I got myself into a really rough spot for a while, but um, what I'm grateful for is just God's faithfulness and, the fact that we want to, we want to, um, we want to be an anchor in a broken, in, in a broken but beautiful community uh, in the hilltop. And um, I want, I want to open it up to you two again in a minute. I just, I just think the biggest thing I want to say is like, you know, what a beautiful thing that these men in the refuge, you listening, um, can that that God might take some of your story of brokenness and pain and redeem that to then help other people that are in brokenness and pain. Um, I think that that's a beautiful, um, reality 
that's one that um, I uh, I can get really excited about. So to reiterate um, what I was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about the idea that you know the, that there's going to be men from the refuge possibly that feel led and called by God to stay um, on the west side um, and to do ministry on the west side and that the church at Veritas West could be like the hub for that ministry. And um, I'm, I'm just honored and blown away that he's called people like you, Pastor Phil, to lead the church and Noah, who's just been a faithful leader um, that a lot of people don't realize all the work he's done over the last seven and a half years in, in Austin as he's moving into a new role, even at the refuge, being a neighborhood advocate, being somebody who's going to lead the alumni. Um, but I think what the refuge guys need to hear, and, and then I'll shut up and let these guys talk, is um, that this isn't going to be easy work. It's, it's not going to be um, sexy work. It's not necessarily going to be fun all the time, but I think it's going to be rich in terms, in, in, in the fact that, um, that our hope and my prayer is that you would grow in an abundance of relational depth um, knowing yourself better. That's what you've worked on a lot at the refuge, but that that continues to grow, um, that you're going to have a community that, that is around you, that knows you and that can call you out on, um, your, uh, when you try to hide and that you can, that your story is a powerful story that can bless many people. And, um, that's my hope for you. And so, I don't know. Um, we've talked a little bit about where we've come from, but just, I guess all of you now just chime in on like what, when you think about the future, um, when you think about even now in the future, what, what do you get excited about? And specifically, like, how would you, how would you share, how would you share that, you know, speaking directly to somebody who's gone through the refuge process? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I two things come to mind. So one is kind of just the now, I, I remember we have lots of conversations about, you know, the style of church we are, or we aren't, and like all the different things that it leads into. And, you know, I was having a conversation with someone one time about this concept of like miracles and don't even get into like what we do or do not, what, what I do or do not believe or anything like that. The, my point in this conversation was I mean, we see miracles all the time because if you go out to the world you go out to everybody else, they're going to tell you like, oh, the, the drug addicts and the drunks, like we just got to, I mean, they'll say all sorts of things, <laughs> some, some better or worse, but like, you know, it's a lost cause. I mean, that's the, that's the sentiment. And like, we see proof regularly that it's not. And to me, like, that's, that's the miracle. Like that's what's exciting. Um, and when I think about where we're going, you know, it, I think we've always known uh, and we've always had the mindset that like, this is a long-term goal. We didn't drop into Veritas West and commit to the refuge so that in a year we could, you know, have something like the, the fruit comes by like sowing those relationships long-term. And that, that's what I'm excited about. Man, good word. It's really good, man. Um, one thing, um, I think, I would encourage, especially the men in the refuge coming out of the refuge. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to say right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but I, as Noah was talking, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this quote that 
always comes to my mind. It's one of my favorite books, Life Together. It's a, a, a classic on Christian community. And he has this quote in there that, that he says, uh, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. And what happens, what, what's going to happen to you as you come out of someplace like the refuge, uh, you are in this um, abnormal experience. It, it is not normal to be in life together daily, 24-7 with all of these men. And you are getting bombarded with, in, in a very um, healthy way, uh, a, a community experience like none other. And you get accountability like you won't probably get ever in life. Again, uh, you're getting encouragement and you're getting uh, so many positive things because you are sharing life with a community of brothers, uh, an intense community of brothers. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing and it's a necessary thing. It's wonderfully good. Um, but what can happen in and I'm afraid of what happens is men come out of the refuge, women come out of the refuge and the, and they start to experience life together now with the church. It, and it can, it can be a major letdown because it's not sexy. It's not, it's not exciting. It's not as intense or 24 seven, like uh, you had, you have in the refuge. Um, and there's a couple of things I want to encourage you with is one, don't let that um, experience that ideal of what you experience in the refuge. Um, don't let that become your idol of what you need to succeed in the Christian life. Mm. Um, you create, you continue to create that you continue um, to search for and be a part of community, but don't expect that from the church. At the same time, one of the things I've always loved about the refuge is you guys have uh, led the church in, in an incredible way, uh, whether it's connect, whether it's uh, singing on uh, worship, uh, whether it's serving in our neighborhoods, whether it's uh, and just every everything that you do as a part of our church has been an example of how to live the Christian life out. You've led us. Uh, so let that be an encouragement and let that fuel then how you participate in community at the church. Just because you will never experience community to that level again, like the refuge doesn't mean that you can't shape and help transform the life of the church to become more like that. Uh, we are not that, but we could grow and we could uh, become more like that day yep. to day, every day, uh, life on life relationships that the refuge uh, is offering to men and women. Um, we could grow in that and we want you to lead us in that. We want you to uh, hold us and, 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 you know, guide us in living life like that because we've seen the transformation it does in men and women's life. But we have a tendency to go into life kind of, uh, man, we, we just kind of coast and we get into our own little uh, siloed communities, uh, focus on our family, um, 
and we, we, we lose track of our need and our dependency for community within the church on a day-to-day basis. Um, we, we, we think coming to Sunday morning is enough, or we keep community group is enough. And we need that life on life, and we need the refuge. Uh, I would love to have the refuge continue to help us grow in that life on life, everyday ministry. I hope you enjoyed part two of the conversation about Veritas West. We will have our third and final conversation tomorrow. And until then, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk soon.